Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shout out what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. In today's episode, we're continuing our series on student housing and we're examining whether student housing is facing a headwind. There's a loud and growing chorus about the ineffectiveness of university education. University enrollment continued to decline for the sixth straight year, adding more bad news to the woes of a financially stretched industry. The days of a university degree guaranteeing a career are over. And let's be clear, there are still many university and community colleges that are graduating students who go on to complete a very successful career in the field of their choice. And I'm not anti-education. I'm actually hugely in favor of education. What I'm not in favor of is young people accumulating a few hundred thousand dollars in debt and having an uncertain future income stream with which to repay that debt. After all, most university programs are teaching technical skills where the likely career path is as an employee, not as a business owner. So the repayment of that loan becomes hugely problematic. It becomes a huge chunk of your annual earnings. Because of all this, the economics of university education is somewhat broken, in my opinion. It's one of these bubbles created by the easy availability of student debt. But I'm digressing a little bit. We're here to talk about student housing. So part of the decline in numbers of students is actually demographic, and it's also linked to falling rates of enrollment. Demographic says there are fewer people of university age, and of them, a smaller percentage are actually electing to go into university. In all, we have seen a decline of 2.6 million students compared with 2011. That's a huge number. Now, in order to cope with the shift, some schools have responded by increasing lecture sizes, reducing the number of tenured professors, increasing the number of adjunct and associate lecturers who typically get paid less than full-time professors. Another method used to compete for declining number of students is discounting. Of course, they don't call it that. It's called a scholarship. That way, the potential student feels like they did something to earn it. In the world of post-secondary education, scholarships have several sources. In some cases, a benefactor made a donation to the university, and that's used to create a scholarship fund. And each year, the income generated within the fund is used to grant scholarships without touching the principal. But not all scholarships operate this way. Some are outright discounts. They're given a fancy name, but it's purely a marketing ploy to attract students with a discounted tuition. And finally, some schools have tried to increase enrollment by offering more of their content online, enabling students to be more flexible in their class hours and perhaps maintain some part-time employment while they're at school. One school that's done this is UT Arlington, the University of Texas. Now, that campus has grown by nearly 100% in the past decade. Demand for housing at UT has been very, very high. Now, traditionally, it was considered a commuter school. Today, enrollment's over 40,000 students, and current housing within walking distance of the campus is a little over 8,000 beds. So you could argue that about 32,000 students are commuting in Dallas traffic each and every day you would think the demand for student housing should be incredibly high, and, and it is. However, there are a lot of new units being constructed in the area, and student housing is projected to grow to over 10,000 beds in the next couple of years. Now, one of the market studies that we received from the University of Texas, several of the faculties have transitioned fully 50% of their classes to online. And if that trend continues to, say, 60 or 75% or more, then we could reasonably argue that the demand for student housing at UT, even if enrollment increases, the demand for housing will decline. And while I believe there will always be a market 
for top-notch housing within walking distance of the campus, I would be cautious about building too much new product. We also know that several Ivy League schools are struggling with declining enrollment as well. And, you know, the number of folks that can afford 45000 60000 80000 a year is definitely declining. Generally speaking, as we talked about yesterday, I love student housing as an asset class. It was one of my very first investments in multifamily, and I love the fact that you can earn a premium to the market in student housing. If you're going to invest in student housing, make sure you're in an area of growing demand and in an area where that product can be viably repurposed to another segment of the market if you need to pivot and secure another income stream. It's too simplistic to simply look at the school and say, well, I'm located next to a campus of, say, X thousand students. That doesn't tell the whole story. You've got to look at their enrollment. You've got to look at the enrollment trends and make a decision. Is this market going to get saturated or not? In the meantime, as you're thinking about this, have a spectacular day. Make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.